name. Amen. Amen. All right, go ahead tonight and take out your Bibles. Take out your Bibles and turn to Psalm 144. It will be our starting point this evening. It's kind of good to see all of you here in church tonight. Psalm 144. Let's go ahead and we'll read verse number 15. Psalm 144, verse 15, the Bible says, Happy is that people that is in such a case, yea, happy is that people whose God is the Lord. So I want to preach tonight on a topic that we should all try to achieve, right? Which is happiness. Happiness is a choice. As I teach to the teenagers, one of the things I like to tell them is that unless there is a radical change in your direction, you will one day be what you are now becoming. And choices have consequences. And the decisions that we make play a role on every day's life. It factors into everything. And we know that the world around us is full of bitter, angry people. And for most part, a lot of their anger and their bitterness comes up from when they were a kid. And that just carries on to our adulthood. And that can be a real danger. And it's not before long where they blame others or what they grew up in or their environment for who they are today. And the, the problem is a lot of people don't take accountability, right, of, of wrong decisions. And they can always blame somebody else or play the victim mentality. And however, they may, a lot of people just don't understand this, that their choices have an effect on them. And one of those choices is our attitude. Or that's our choice to be the natural emotions you think of anger, sadness, uh, happiness, or whatever, anxiety. And whatever those may be, is that we get the choice to be any one of those. We can choose to be angry. We can choose to be sad. We can choose to be happy. And the book of Proverbs has a lot to say with happiness, a merry heart, anger, and wrath. And the book of Proverbs is so much, is full of details in the Bible for us. And we know that happiness is not a goal, but it is a byproduct of being what you should be and doing what you should be doing. And it is the result of choices. The result of good choices produce happiness. So I want to speak tonight, I want to give six, the result, I want to talk to you tonight about how happiness is the result of six personal decisions. Now I'll be quick about it, I know six, is, sometimes we think of six being a lot of points, but I'll be quick. So happiness is the result of six personal decisions. I read to you Psalm 144 verse 15, I believe the greatest decision that you and I can ever make in our life is salvation, right? It doesn't get much better than that. And the Bible says that happy is the people who choose God as their Lord. That you, you choose Christ. It's the joy of the Lord is only available to those who make peace with God. The world cannot understand, right, the peace that passes all understanding. 
how we can overcome things like anxiety or fear or depression or sadness. How can we overcome those things? Well, we say, I got Jesus Christ. I have been saved. There is the Holy Spirit living inside of me, and he, he, with his help, and because of his shed blood on Calvary's cross, that I can have that peace, that I can go to the Lord and, and help me with all of my personal decisions. And to be a child of God is the greatest decision that any one of us can make. That is a decision. The decision to accept Jesus Christ into our Savior is on a person-to-person basis. It's, it's not a, God doesn't pick and choose who gets to go to heaven and who does not go to heaven. We get to, we have, the Bible tells us that we have to pray to God and accept Jesus Christ for ourselves, what that is. And maybe you can realize this in your life, but what was your life before Jesus Christ? Was it full of joy? Was it full of happiness? Was it full of uh, excitement or living for God? I can tell you in my life, before I was saved, I was as a teenager, I was not a very happy teenager. Maybe I could put on a front at times, but I, I dealt with a lot of issues in my life. Whether that be anger or sadness or uh, anxiety or uh, trying to please other people. You know, all the things that teenagers go through with trying to, to fit in and be like everyone else. And you know, you know those teenagers' um, issues that they all deal with. And uh, before you accept Jesus Christ, you struggle with a lot of different things because you're trying to deal with it on your own. That's one of the most difficult things we can do is deal with our issues on our own. Not having Jesus Christ in our life to help us and deal with our problems and going to him in need of time, and it's a difficult thing. But when the decision to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior is the first step to living a life that's full of happiness. So if you don't have Jesus Christ in your heart as your Savior, then that's, you're never going to produce real happiness or, uh, or long-lasting joy or the peace that passes all understanding is that we have to accept Jesus Christ as our Savior. Turn to Proverbs chapter 3. So the first decision to being happy is the decision to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. Proverbs chapter 3. Secondly, it's the decision to pursue wisdom. The decision to pursue wisdom. Because Proverbs chapter 3 gives us a very interesting couple of verses here. In Proverbs 3, verse 13, the Bible says, Happy is the man that findeth wisdom, and the man that getteth understanding. For the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver, and the gain thereof than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies, and all the things thou canst desire are not to be compared unto her. Length of days is in her right hand, and her left hand is riches and honor. Her, way, her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to them that lay hold upon her. And listen to this. And happy is every one that retaineth her. The Bible says happy is the person who retains wisdom. So the wisdom of God is contained in the word of God. So if you want to grow and mature in your Christianity, we have to know the Bible for ourselves. We have to study it. And there are three ways that God has given us to increase in our knowledge or in our wisdom of the Bible. And of course, first of all, that is your personal devotions with God. The time that you spend alone with God 
reading the Bible, memorizing the Bible, meditating on the Bible, what you have just read. And those things, right, that's the first step to helping us grow in our wisdom and our knowledge. Whenever you get into something, a topic that you become interested in, one of the things you have to do is really study it out, right? Wikipedia is our best friend. If we want the question to anything, you can find it out instantly. There's, we got everything on the tip of our fingers on our phones. And so when it comes to knowledge about life, right, we should be eager to say, how can I live the most profitable life or a life that's going to mean the most? And, of course, that is for God. And so to do that, we have to be readers and people who meditate on the Bible, people who are in the Bible, know the Bible. So the first thing we could do is have personal devotions. Secondly, there's, there's public preaching. That, of course, is listening with a teachable spirit to the preaching and teaching of the Word of God. And so I'd say having a, a teachable spirit is because you're going to find there are a lot of people who attend church, and maybe you can find this with, uh, you know, lots of times I think of the case, right, with young people as they come to church, you say, well, they grew up in church their whole life. How come they never got it? Or how come the moment they turn 18, they go off into the world and they don't serve God and they go down the wrong path? Well, the reason for that is because they never came to church with a teachable spirit, with a, with a heart that was wanting to learn from the Word of God. It's one thing to hear instruction, right? But it's a whole other ballpark when it comes to applying what the Bible has for us. And so for us to grow in our, in our pursuit of wisdom, to live our best life, we have to have a spirit that wants to be teachable. It says, teach me what the Bible has to say. That's the best advice we can get from anybody is what we can learn directly from the Word of God and the teaching of the Bible. And then lastly, I think private counsel, which is personally going to those who have a good understanding of the Bible and asking them questions. Early in my, I guess, spiritual life of trying to become a better Christian, I try to made it a goal of mine to ask those who are more, who have studied the Bible more, who know the Bible, and ask them questions to help me. Because maybe, maybe you're different, but sometimes I read the Bible and I'm like, what does this mean? <laughs> you know, I don't understand what this passage is telling me. And you have to go to, to counsel to say, hey, what is, this, what is this passage of Scripture trying to tell me? Or how, what is this trying to portray to me? Or how to, how to deal with the simple situations in life? Just asking those who, are, who know the Bible is a key thing in our life to help us grow. And so wisdom helps you against making bad decisions. And what do bad decisions do? They, they lead you down a path that makes you unhappy. And poor choices bring regret. Poor choices bring guilt, and they rob people of joy and happiness. And where does that all stem from? Having wisdom. And of course, we know that we know the, the story about Solomon, how he had all the wisdom, and he so decided to go off into sin. But it should never be the excuse of, "Well, I didn't know so," or "I didn't know." I just I fell into this sin because I didn't know any better. Well, we have the Bible right in our laps right now. We should be people who study the Bible. So the, the decision to pursue wisdom will help us in not making poor decisions re which result in a life that is unhappy. So we need to, to be happy, study the Bible, know your Bible. 
Turn to Proverbs chapter 16. Thirdly, it's a decision to trust the Lord. Now this is different from my first point because this decision to trust the Lord is on a day-to-day basis. An everyday thing of trying to, trying to please the Lord and to trusting Him every single day. Proverbs 16 verse 20 says, He that handleth a matter wisely shall find good. And whoso trusteth in the Lord, happy is he. Nothing destroys happiness like bitterness. We know that bad things are going to happen to us, right? It's just life. Nothing ever happens perfectly. Just this past weekend, my wife and I, we come home and our, our fridge is broken. So all the food, everything we have in the freezer, right? Gone. <laughs> you, think that that, you think that should be a reason for us to say, oh man, I can't go to church Sunday, or we can't do this and that because something bad happened in my life. So I am just going to just be bitter and angry against God because my refrigerator broke. No, it's just life, is it not? It's just things happen. Like, I'm thinking of several other things, but things just happen in life. And we have to say that, you know what? I am just going to choose to trust the Lord. I'm going to choose to trust God. And when, tra- when tragedy happens in our life, we're simple. Sometimes it's the smallest things that really get us, right? That really get us angry and really get us bitter instead of the big things. But we just have to say daily, Right? I gotta trust God. Alright, God knows what's going on. God knew my refrigerator was gonna break. God just knew it was gonna happen. Well, I'm just gonna praise the Lord that it happened now instead of six months when we had a baby in the house. I'm just gonna just trust God, right? I'm gonna trust the Lord. And so you always try to try thinking of the, I, uh, for me personally, I always try to think positively about things. And so trust, trust the Lord. Trust God in everything. Bitterness is not going to help us. It's easy to get bitter. It's easy to get upset and to quit and to not want to lean on God. When that's just the opposite, that God wants us to lean on Him every day. And so trust is necessary when you don't understand what God is doing. We don't understand what God is doing every single day. We don't see the bigger picture. But of course, God and His wisdom, He does. And so trust is possible because you can understand who God is. God is good. God is good all the time. And you can trust Him. You can put your faith into Him. And you can give your life to Him. Turn to Proverbs chapter 3. I think, I think you, a lot of you know where exactly where I'm going with this passage. This is Pastor Matt's favorite verses. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. These are great life verses to have, to memorize, to apply to your life. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6 say, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. doesn't get any more simpler than that. Trust in the Lord with all thy heart. Not, all, not half your heart, not a quarter. Be all in. All in. God, whatever happens today, tomorrow, tonight, on my way home, I'm trusting you, God. I'm trusting you. The, the decision to trust the Lord helps us produce happiness. Turn to Proverbs 14 in your Bibles now. Another thing that can help us be happy or another thing that helps us produce happiness is 
what the world does not teach you today, which is not something that is widely, I feel as if not widely uh, recognized, but it's the decision to live for others and not for yourself. The decision to live for others and not for yourself. Proverbs 14, verse 21, the Bible says, He that despiseth his neighbor sinneth, but he that hath mercy on the poor, happy is he. Another destroyer of happiness is selfishness. And that's something that's taught today. You're going to hear this a lot. People say, well, I can't help others until I fix myself. And then once I fix myself, then I'll help others. Are you ever... You and I, are we ever going to be 100% completely fixed on earth? Not until I get to heaven. <laughs> At least maybe me. But until I get to heaven, then I'm fixed. I gotta, I gotta, I'm in my spirit. I'm serving God. I'm in heaven. Everything is good. But right now, I'm a sinner. I sin every day. And every day, I need fixing, which is cleansing. I need forgiveness. I need the Lord every day. And so the decision to live for others needs to be something that is um, pursued at daily. So happiness is a funny thing. If you pursue it for yourself, you never catch it. But if you seek it for others, it catches you. So the happiest people in the world are those who live for others. Yes, Miss Liz. Oh, I'm sorry. Proverbs 14, verse 21. So... You, don't you find it funny that like, you try to do stuff for yourself and you can never find happiness in it? But the second that you just simply do the, the simplest thing for someone, hold a door open, write them a note, uh, give them some type of phrase, encourage somebody, how you encouraging somebody else encourages you. So we need to be, we need to be Christians who are constantly trying to help others, live for others. And it seems like the more that I get older, I'm realizing that life really isn't about me. Life is not all about Ethan Swikowski. That I need to live for and think about my family, for my wife, my future son, my family, my church, the youth group, everything that comes down in my life. It should be for other people. And so if you can only be happy when someone is doing something for you, then your happiness is always controlled by others. If you can learn to be happy doing for others, then you can be happy any time that you choose. Any time that you choose. So the decision to live for others is something that is going to help us produce happiness. Fifth, the decision to maintain a tender heart. The decision to maintain a tender heart. Turn to Proverbs chapter 28. The decision to maintain a tender heart helps us to produce happiness. Proverbs chapter 28 and in verse number 14. The Bible says, Happy is the man that feareth always, but he that hath hardened his heart shall fall into mischief. The fear of the Lord keeps us tender to keep His working in our lives. I think the fact that we're here tonight in church is a sign that I, to, tell, to tell ourselves, right, I need the Lord. It's the middle of the week. It's Wednesday night. I just worked all day. It's been a long week, but I'm here in church. Why? Because 
I need God. I just need a time away to spend, to spend with the Lord. And so when a Christian begins to harden his heart towards the word of God, he will soon discover that there is happiness, unhappiness in his life. I will tell you, the most miserable people on earth are backsliding Christians. Why? Because the Spirit is telling them you need to get back in church. Most importantly, get your relationship back with God. Read your Bible. Pray. Get back with things of God. But yeah, our flesh and our spirit, right, they fight each other. And they're constantly at war with one another. And so the question is, right, I've heard this before, which dog are you going to feed more? The one, the, the flesh or the spirit? Which one will you feed more in your life? And we know that the flesh, right, wants nothing to do with you being in church tonight. The flesh probably told you before you came here, you shouldn't come to church tonight. The flesh probably has told you, you shouldn't read your Bible this morning. You don't need to pray. You don't really need to give to the Lord. You don't need to do A, B, and C. You've heard all those things. The flesh has talked to you about that. The devil has put those thoughts in your mind. But then you have the Holy Spirit saying, no, you should. Remember where you're going to spend eternity. Remember who you're going to be serving the rest of your life when you pass away someday. The, the Holy Spirit and the flesh war against each other. So we need to fear always. Fear the Lord. A health, that's a healthy fear. To have respect, to honor towards God. To, ha- to put reverence of God and His Word into our lives and respond to the Holy Spirit. And respond to the things that the Bible has. And a clean heart always brings happiness. A clean heart brings happiness. We know that some of the, the things in our life that discourage us and hurt us the, more, the most are the sins of our past, right? The devil loves to remind you of where you came from and who you were. And then, so I heard this before, right? That, that, that the devil reminds you of the past, of your past. You should remind him of his future and remind him of where he's going, right? The lake of, the lake of fire. And so the devil is going to try to tell you you don't need to maintain a tender heart. Or you served God for many years. You went to church. You did all that. You read your Bible years ago when you were a kid. You can be done. You're done. You got it all figured out. And the devil will speak those thoughts into your heart, into your mind. And you know what? The problem is we start believing them. And that's where the issue comes. I know many persons say, oh, I don't go to church no more. I went to church as a kid, so I got that out of the way. And I, or I tried the whole Christian thing. I tried being a born again, or I tried, you know, being a Christian. It's not a try, it's, it's I'm going to maintain living for God every day. Lastly, it's the decision to live a life obedient to the scriptures. Turn to Proverbs 29. You're in Proverbs 28, turn to Proverbs 29 and verse 18. The Bible says, where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Obeying the Bible brings happiness. It's as simple as that. Obeying the Bible will bring happiness. Disobedience only brings guilt, and guilt kills happiness. And obedience also brings blessings, which in turn brings more happiness. So when you obey the scripture, you cannot go wrong. That you have happiness. And this life of living obedient to the scripture is going to help you. Even when bad things happen to you in your life. We talked about that sometimes the just life things happen to us. 
but when we live our life obedient to the scriptures, it's going to help us be obedient, to be happy, to want to, to pursue God. And these six things are going to help us produce happiness. So the question needs to be asked, or why are so many Christians unhappy? How come we, people who have the Holy Spirit living inside of them, they have the Lord, and yet how come they are unhappy? There's many people that grow up in a good Bible-believing church that are just miserable. They think that the road will bring them happiness. They think that the things of the world are going to are going to bring them happiness. And uh, people, young people, will say, "Well, I've been in church my whole life, and I, I'm not happy." And so I did it. I went to church, and they rationalize in that in order to be happy, they need to go out and to try other things. Christians will say, "You know what? I tried being in church with my family." That didn't work out, so I'm going to try some other things. The cure for unhappiness is not for us to leave the church, but the cure for unhappiness is to finally begin to do what you are taught in the church, which is the principles of the Bible, the simple ABCs of Christian growth, the things that we should be doing. And so, if we're unhappy as a Christian, there's some things that some questions that we need to answer honestly in our life. The first off is, are you really saved? Are we saved? Do you have a personal time with God's word? Do you listen intently to the preaching and teaching of God's word? Do you seek through private counsel to increase in wisdom? Do you actively seek the wisdom available in God's word? Are you bitter over something that has happened that you do not understand? Are you willing to trust the Lord when you don't understand what he is doing in your life? Do you spend time every week living for others? Or are you focused on yourself? Do you have a tender heart? Are you, are you responsive to the Holy Spirit's working in your life? Do you live a life of obedience to the scriptures? Or is your life marked by disobedience and unconfessed sin? So every unhappy Christian is just six decisions away from happiness. Happiness is not the result of circumstances, but of the choices that we make. And so happiness produces a merry heart. Turn over to Proverbs 15. I'll end with this passage. Proverbs chapter 15. The result of making right choices is happiness, and the byproduct of happiness is a merry heart. Proverbs 15, verse 13. The Bible says, A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance, but by the sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. The Bible also says in Proverbs 15, look at verse 15. All the days of the afflicted are evil, but he that is of a merry heart hath a continual feast. And one last passage. I know I lied to you a second ago. Proverbs 17, verse 22. Proverbs 17, verse 22. The Bible says, one of my favorite verses, A merry heart doth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit drieth the bones. The Bible says that a merry heart is like literal medicine to the body, and it's a feast to the spirit, an anointing to our countenance. A merry heart, happiness produces that much it changes us inside, and this affects our outward appearance. Some of the most miserable people 
They look so much older than what they really are just because they live a life full of being miserable, of being sad, or being depressed, angry, or bitter, and they, and they hold on to those things, and it affects their countenance. It affects how they look. So the Bible says that when we keep a merry countenance, when we're happy and we're producing joy, that it literally not, not just changes us on the inside, but it also changes us on the outside. And it literally changes our appearance. And so being right with God, walking with God, and being filled with His wisdom, and living our lives for the good of others and the glory of God, all these things can produce an inner happiness and a peace that changes our heart for the better. But we know that disobedience, rebellion, bitterness do just the opposite. And these things bring sorrow, affliction, and if allowed to run their course, will eventually break the spirit of a Christian. And so, Christian, tonight's message is extremely simple, but it's just the fact that we need to know that happiness is a choice. Happiness isn't a, is a choice. It isn't decided by our environment, by those around us, by the people we let influence us. Happiness is a choice. No matter what your circumstance is, we can still choose to put our trust in the Lord. And that produces a merry heart, which is happiness. So tonight, I hope you keep that in mind as we go about our Christian walk, that we will produce happiness. Miss Liz? Uh, the decision to maintain a tender heart. And that's Proverbs twenty-eight fourteen. My pleasure. All right, let's go ahead and go to the Lord in prayer this evening. Father, we love you. We thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you, Father, that you show us very clearly from the Bible how we can live a happy life, how we can live a cheerful life, a life that brings honor and glory to you most of all, Father. And God, I pray, Lord, that you would help us, Lord, as Christians, that we would put you first, that when people see us, that they see you in us every single day. Lord, we love you. Please pray, Lord, please pray for each Christian as we go home tonight, that you would bless them, give them safety. We love you, Father.